Welcome back to the Successful Diligence Podcast. I am so grateful that you are back for another episode. Please do take note that all opinions and recommendations and encouragements that are shared on this podcast are my personal opinion or the opinion of the guests that I have on. It is not to be taken as medical or mental health advice. Please do consult your medical professional or your mental health professional with any questions or changes that you would like to make regarding your own personal situation. Welcome back to the Successful Diligence Podcast. I am so grateful you are back for another episode. I say that every single episode and every single episode, I mean it from the depth of my heart because you, listener, are truly appreciated and valued. And that is why I'm so passionate about bringing you quality people to have conversations with, to share knowledge with. And I just love when you give me feedback by either emailing me at successfuldiligence.com slash contact, or the most fun when you send me voice messages at the link in the show notes. You truly make my audience the best audience of any podcast ever. I am just convinced nobody can tell me different. And that is why today I have another amazing guest with another incredible value added conversation for you. And her name, my guest is Rihanna Campbell. And she has been supporting the growth of small businesses for over 20 years. That is like over two decades for those who uh, need that reference. <laughs> now, as a coach, investor, and entrepreneur, she draws from her years of extensive professional and real life experience, as well as her strong educational background. After building, growing, and then selling a multi million dollar business, she pivoted and started Proper Planning LLC, a consultancy assisting entrepreneurs across the world to define and find business freedom. Now, at her heart, Rihanna is a teacher, and she has developed and led workshops for a variety of organizations and presented at national conferences. She's been interviewed numerous times, internationally based podcasts, nationally based podcasts, quoted in online articles. She's the real deal, y'all. And she's going to share with us her journey on the road to success, pivoting on the road to success, all the things that she has learned and gained and gleaned. And I am so excited to get into all the things. Rihanna, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I am so excited to have you here, introduce you to my audience and get into all the things because you have so much wisdom and knowledge to share. So for my audience who is just getting to know you, tell us a little bit about who you are beyond the bio and how you came to do the work that you do. Yeah, so I am the mother of three. Um, so I'm a mompreneur um, and I'm kind of out doing this on my own. My consultancy is kind of a solo gig. So I've been really working hard to put uh, this consultancy together and really help people and um, and just give my gift to the world. So right now I have been doing a lot of speaking, a lot of teaching, um, and just trying to share as much as possible to help build other people up. So that's my passion is to continue 
continue to help people um, and hopefully change their lives for the better. I love that you said the word gift because listeners, you know that you've heard that before on the Successful Diligence podcast that you have gifts and talents inside of you that are just bursting to be released to the world so that others can benefit from the impact that you will have. Now, Rihanna, I am really interested in your journey because in your bio, it said that you built and then sold a multi-million dollar business. You've got to tell me about this. What was that like? First of all, building something that by most people's perceptions would be successful and then selling it. And then what happened next? Tell me the story. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought it was successful too. Um, <laughs> that's what I was aiming for. Um, but it wasn't, I was so unhappy. There was so much about um, that journey that was so challenging for me. Um, I discovered a lot about who I was on, in that process of building. And, and this was over the course of 10 years. And, you know, you figure out who you are and you also figure out who you aren't. Um, and you, you know, when you get to a certain level, you start realizing that um, uh, who you aren't is a very strong thing. And you really start to position yourself more to be who you are. And I realized when I was at that company that so much of me was who I wasn't. Um, and I didn't feel like I was my full self. I didn't really feel, feel fully expressed. Um, and there was so much, you know, in addition to that, it was stressful. It was, you know, I burned out. I had so many other things happen. Um, and I wasn't taking care of my health and my health started declining. And so, so many things was um, indications, both small and big that I needed to change direction. And I refused because I was like, this is what success is supposed to be. <laughs> you know, this is what success is. Why would I go in another direction? That makes no sense. And everybody um, tells you this is what it's supposed to look like. And yes, you're supposed to kill yourself on the way and I <laughs> all of those things. And that just wasn't the reality of it. And it, it took some time for me to realize that after I sold, but you know, what ended up happening was uh, I got pregnant um, with my second child um, after 20 years, I was putting my old, eldest daughter through college. She was in her second year of school. Wow. Um, and I, I found out I was pregnant. And, you know, that made me really rethink a lot of things. Um, and mostly my health was my primary concern. I wasn't even healthy enough to have this baby. I was surprised I was even pregnant. I, my stress levels were through the roof. And multiple doctors told me I needed to reduce my stress and, and um, it took a toll on me. I mean, I ended up in the emergency room. There was just so many things that, that happened because of my, of my stress being just way too high. Um, and yeah. so let me, let me inter interrupt you for a minute here. Cause there's a couple yeah. things I want to unpack before we get further into your story, which I know we, we haven't even touched the surface. Um, listeners. <laughs> but this is just the beginning and it's so good already. So. Oh my gosh. So there's, there's two concepts that I want to unpack here. So the first one, you said something that really struck me that I really want to unpack a little bit. You said that defining who you were and who you were not 
was part of the process in making the decision to sell in addition to the health, which we're going to get into. But talk to me about that because so many people focus on, well, who am I? And I need to find out who I am. But we don't really hear a lot about, well, who are you not? And how does that play in and has that factor in? So talk to me about that a little bit. Yeah, so there were uh, several um, events that took place. And, and you know, when, when we talk about a multi-million dollar business, think of it like there's multiple people who are at this point um, in charge, right? We have a leadership team um, and um, I was in a partnership with, an, um, with someone else. So I, I'm in a partnership dynamic. Um, we have a leadership team that is managing, you know, the day-to-day of, uh, of the company, of the business, at multiple businesses, actually. So, um, and the conversations and the direction of uh, several different things um, hurt my heart like literally um, made me feel like I just had different moral standards. Um, And I knew that I didn't like how people were being treated. I didn't like some of the activities that that was happening. Um, And I also, um, there there were just a number of things that I knew that didn't sit well with me. And that carried on for for a little while. I didn't realize it at first, but after kind of years, I started recognizing that it was a bigger problem than I had realized it was. Um, And I also thought that I was just growing and changing as well, that there were some things that, you know, when you're growing and learning, um, you kind of deal with as part of the process. And then at some point you realize, okay, that's not okay. (laughs) <laughs> like that thing, that thing is like bulb or something that goes. Yeah, on. yeah, and and okay. and it was it was re- repetitive. So it was multiple things that happened um, on a regular basis, and I realized that it made me feel very uncomfortable, um, and um, and I no longer wanted to be associated with uh, certain behaviors and activities. Um, so it sounds like you you almost like you you we're building and growing this business with the, with this partner and things are going well, you're finding the success and you sort of, you don't pay attention to those little signs or those little whispers that creep up, but then they still take a toll on you when you are functioning in a way that is not who you really are in terms of your values, your morals, your ethics, and who you want to be in the world, right? And so I think that's so interesting that it sounds like, and tell me if I'm wrong, that whisper sort of grew into a loud thunderstorm that you could no longer not pay attention to. And then you were like, okay, we need to make some, some decisions and some changes. And that's sort of when you decided, all right, well, what do we do with this? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there were so many, so many things that took place that, you know, for a while I just didn't say anything about. And then it got to the point where I just couldn't not say anything. Um, and it just made me realize that I must be a different person. <laughs> and I say that, but um, I, I felt as though um, my perspective wasn't uh, in line with um, the direction of the organization. Um, and so I had to take a really hard look at that 
um, in the process of deciding to uh, sell and really think about where I fit in um, with my values, with who I was, with what I was trying to grow into, um, with my vision, with you know the gifts that I had, like how was I contributing to people's lives? What did that feel like? What did that look like? I, I did kind of a self-analysis mm. and, um, and found that uh, staying was worse than going. And that going meant that I could uh, find the better version of myself. And that was more important than anything else. That's so interesting because that in and of itself is such a a journey that some people take a lifetime to to get to is to do that self-analysis, to do that self-assessment, that introspective work, to pay attention to, you know, the reactions and the responses that you have when situations happen that like, wow, okay, I, I don't feel good about this, but why? And exploring that and asking those difficult, challenging questions. And then once you have that arsenal of information, well, what do you do with that, right? You have to make a decision. Am I, are things going to stay the same? Or are we going to make some decisions that are going to put us in a different place that can be kind of scary because you don't know if it's going to be good or bad at the beginning of that decision, right? I mean, you don't know what's going to happen if you sell this incredibly successful business. So what was that like in terms of your emotional and mental state during that process? Um, it wasn't great. It was, it was terrible to be honest with you. Um, you know, just even trying to make the decision was challenging. Um, having made the decision and the aftermath of that decision was very challenging. Um, and it was an emotional roller coaster. And I'd say for the better part of the first year of my daughter's life, um, was just very challenging. And I, I, um, I think one of the things that I thought about the most was I wanted my daughter, um, my second daughter, I should say, I wanted my second daughter to see me smile with true joy. And I didn't have that inside of me because I was going through so much emotional turmoil. And I knew that I had the, the, I, I knew that I had it in me. I knew that that joy was there. Um, but uh, everything that I was going through was um, kind of outshining that joy. And so I just kept going, hoping that at some point it would all be over and I'd be able to have that emotion that I thought made the most sense for me in that time period of my life. I love that you had the vision of wanting your daughter to see you smile with true joy. That is like it sounds so simplistic, but when we think about really showing up in life in truth and in real joy, it's not as easy as it sounds, right? <laughs> you know, not at um, all <laughs> to find it, to tap into it. And I'm thinking, you know, what's striking me also is that, you know, with this great success and all that comes with that, when you make the decision, and even if you know it's the right decision, Sometimes there's, it's, well, not sometimes, it is a loss, right? And so there's grief assigned with loss and that just is, is a natural process. And so when you were sort of 
refocusing your attention on self-care yourself being the best mom you can be finding that joy so you could share it with your daughter putting you know your life together in a different way talk to me about that process of walking through that loss the grief and then finding the new vision to rebuild to another level of success which you have now yeah. So one of the things that you, I mean, that grief is, is the profound word, right? It's, I think one of the things that felt um, really tragic at that time was I associated who I was as a person with my job. And once that job was gone, I felt very lost. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what my talents were. Um, I didn't remember any of that. I, I think that um, that grieving process, um, I had to separate that role from myself um, and really try and figure out, okay, who am I as a person? And- Oh, Rihanna, wait a minute. We gotta, we gotta pause there for a second. Listeners, did you catch that wisdom nugget of gold? Separating the identity of the role from- who you are as a person is so key. Oh, you just said that so eloquently. Listeners, hit that rewind button 15 seconds. That was so good. I'm sorry I had to interrupt because that, but that was just so good. I had to highlight it. Oh, that because so many of us experience that, you know, where we identify so deeply with the role or the task or the title. And then when it's gone, it's like, well, who are we? And how do we find ourselves again? Oh my goodness. Okay, keep going. <laughs> no, I mean, that's exactly true. Um, and I think, you know, society builds that up, right? When we introduce ourselves, like, I mean, networking is so big in, in, in building business and in life. And you go, you network, the first thing they do is say, who are you and what do you do? What do you do defines who you are. I, th I think as a society, we've gotten so used to, um, categorizing people based on what they do um, and not really asking who they are as people. And so, you know, I think I've, I became accustomed to who I was and what I did. I'm Rihanna Campbell and I'm an entrepreneur. That's what I was. Um, and then after releasing that business and, and selling that business, who was I now? Um, I was just a mother and that didn't feel like enough. So, you know, how do I introduce myself? What does that mean? And really just trying to figure out um, where my value was actually created and not using that uh, job or that role or that position or that task to define me was, was so important. Um, so I had to go through some real self-discovery to try and figure that all out. Oh, that's so good. Oh, Rihanna, that is just, I love the way that you phrase that because it's, it's the truth and it's challenging, but people don't talk about it a lot. And yet we find ourselves there more often than we like to think for. So talk to me now about where the river of value is flowing from your life now. <laughs> Yeah, one of the things that I figured out during my um, kind of journey of self-discovery was um, that gift that I had. 
Um, and now, and again, I knew I had the gift before, but when you're going through kind of rediscovery of yourself, it reemerges, or at least you'd hope so. And you start really trying to figure out how that gift is supposed to show up in the world. Um, and I, I naturally found that I could teach people things that I learned. Um, so I really loved learning. I was always really great in school. Um, <clears throat> I loved learning um, and I loved teaching people things. And I loved seeing people become successful from the things that I taught them. Um, I had a wealth of experience and knowledge from all the things that I did in my business. And um, I could help other people do maybe not the same thing, but at least get them to the point where they um, were satisfied or happy with the successes that they had. So I think that was the thing that I figured out. And so now it's like, okay, now that I have that gift, how do I spread that? How do I multiply that and enhance that and give as much of that to the world as possible? Um, and what do I need in order to do that? What kind of platform do I need? Um, and that kind of got me on the path to speaking, which when I first started, I was terrified. I've <laughs> never been, I've never really wanted to speak in public. That would not be the option I would choose. If I looked at the different options, cowering in the corner would be probably <laughs> the thing that I would want to do the most. I was used to being, um, uh, you know, the wallflower. I was used to being the type of person that, um, uh, was never heard, but may have been seen. And so for me now to know that I had a gift that had to get out into the world and, and I had to speak my truth and tell my story meant that I had to learn some skills I didn't have. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I love that because, you know, so often we, we focus so much on the gift and what we have to do. And we forget that, you know, we're all born with gifts and talents and they're going to come out of us. Even if we try to hide them, people see them <laughs> because it's almost like a part of our makeup, our DNA and your gifts will make room for you. You know, as long as you continue to walk in truth. Now, when you're not walking in truth, people get confused because they're like, but you're supposed to be this person and you're not. And you confuse yourself even because then you're like, well, I feel this like disconnect, but I don't know what it is. And it's often when we're not in the truth of who we really are doing and being the gift and releasing that gift to the earth. And what I want to really highlight is that when we finally recognize that the gift is not about us at all, it's about the people that we are assigned to impact and called to benefit and and release this goodness too, that's when we get over ourselves, right? And we get over the fear and we learn those new skills and we get up and we talk, even though we want to sit in the corner <laughs> or we want to be behind, you know, writing the speeches instead of talking the speeches. And we do the hard things because it's not about us. It's about the people who need the gift that's inside of us. And I just love that because it, it, it does. Well, let me ask you, do you find that it adds a level of responsibility to your life that wasn't there before? Absolutely. Um, I, I have to remind myself when things get hard that 
um, who am I to deny someone the opportunity to learn and grow from what I have to share? That's not fair. I mean, if what I can say will impact them positively in their life and help them, why would I hold that back? That's absolutely not um, what I was put here to do. Um, I'm not put here to learn my own experiences and live my own life without sharing that those experiences with others. And so, you know, that's why I had to learn these skills. I, I, and as hard as it is for me to learn and as much training as I have to go through in order to get to a place where I'm better at delivering these messages and, and sharing these gifts with others, um, that's what I have to do because it's, it's just not even an option for me. It's not an option for me to deny others the opportunity to have success. I so, love that. Who am yeah. I to deny others the benefit that I have to offer? I just, I love that concept. And I'm just so encouraged by the process that you took also, because you went from traditional success that people, you know, sort of lay out for you, right. And what you're supposed to do. And then that self-discovery of, well, what I'm doing is not really how I want to be. And then discovering, well, who do I want to be? And then recognizing that you have to do self-care in there. We didn't talk about that as much. So I want to talk a little bit about your self-care journey because you can't really give and release the gift to other people with effectiveness, in my opinion, unless you first are well and healthy and taking care of yourself and then you can release it in purity to those to benefit. So talk to me about the self-care journey, you know, as you're grieving the loss of who you were and becoming who you are, what was that identification, paying attention to yourself again? What was that like? So um, one of the things that's been interesting for me, and especially during, you know, quarantine, this pandemic is, um, my, my sister, um, uh, ended up quarantining with me. She was in Europe for a little while and then got stranded here. Um, and so she was with me for, you know, this, this whole time. Um, and what I knew about self-care, I feel like I learned from her. There was something about how she loved on herself that was far beyond what I would think is, is, uh, something I could pick up on my own. And so you got to spill the beans. What, what, how did she model that for you? What was she doing? Oh my gosh. I mean, she loved learning how to take care of herself, whether it was like a tool or massaging herself, like these, these, um, uh, what's it called? Gua sha or something like that, where you take this, um, uh, like plastic, um, tool and like massage your face. I mean, it's just like, you, you name it. Um, she like tried different things and she always took care of her nails and she always took care of her hair and she always, you know, put herself together. Her appearance was very important. All the things that I did not do, I had to look at her and say, um, how can I, uh, benefit from her being here? What can I learn from her? What is she here to teach me? We didn't get quarantined by accident. We got quarantined on purpose. 
Um, so there's something, there's a lesson that she has uh, to teach me and I need to learn. Uh, it started with yoga because she's a, a yoga teacher. And, um, and so she was teaching me yoga, which at first I hated. Um, and then after a year of doing <laughs> yoga, I, I had to appreciate. Um, and, uh, and so that was amazing. And it moved to fashion It moved to, you know, um, like my routines, um, my shower routine, my, my, you know, putting a mask on my face, she made body products. So she made like body oils and she made masks and scrubs and things for my face. So she showered me with all these different body products that I would put on my body and things that I would take care of myself. And she would lecture me about how I ate and what I consumed and how important that was. Um, so it was very much a mind, body, spirit uh, education for the last year and a half that I uh, took away from my experience with her. And that's, that is exactly what I needed. It was essential for me to grow. Um, I love your perspective on it though, because you said rather than complain and rather than look at the negative, you said, okay, this is for a reason and a purpose. And what can I learn from it? What is this here to teach me? And then you were open to learning new things and you were open to being uncomfortable. And, you know, I'm with you on the yoga. I, you know, my body is not as, <laughs> as not as um, flexible as it used to be in my youth. And so, you know, when you do the different stretches and poses and all the things, it's like, okay, are we really doing this? Um, but, you know, you were open to new experiences and learning to be uncomfortable and, you know, okay, you know, this is something new. And I love that perspective because it's indicative of a growth mindset, which is so important when we're talking about self-development, self-discovery, learning new things, growing to the next level to be the best version of ourselves. It takes having a growth mindset, an open mindset. So I love that. I love that. So I can't believe that we are almost at our time. <laughs> I feel like we're just getting started. Um, but when we talk about your new endeavors and sort of, because you're still an entrepreneur, right? It's not like you yes. left entrepreneurship. You're just yeah. being an entrepreneur in a different way. So yeah. talk to me about how you implemented this new entrepreneurship using all that you've learned, you know, from your experiences. Yeah. So the first thing I knew is, um, I wanted, obviously I'm a natural entrepreneur. I've always been. Um, and so uh, that came up again in my self-discovery was that I have been a business owner. I was a successful business owner, but now I get to build something um, that is going to be different. I knew I didn't want to do what I did before, even though I had the um, experience of, of building it. I wanted to do something very different, um, but I wanted my time to be very intentional. Um, you know, so I wanted my work time, I wanted to find uh, a better balance to my life, my personal time and my business time. Now, when I first started my business and when I was working my business, I was completely imbalanced. I spent almost all of my time building the business and my daughter, my eldest was the one who kind of suffered for that. You know, she didn't get to spend as much time with me. My time with her was, was limited. And even when we were together, I was distracted because I was always doing something else. 
Um, and I knew that I didn't want to repeat that. And I learned lessons from that. And so whatever it was I was going to build needed to be easily controllable so that I can um, limit my time and still make uh, an income that was satisfactory. Um, I also realized that I didn't need millions of dollars. Um, I had to figure out what my goal was. And my goal wasn't to be super rich. Um, it was to be able to live a certain lifestyle. And I can put numbers on that. I can calculate that. And that doesn't require um, two, five, ten million dollars. It just required me to have a certain amount of freedom, um, but to have an income that was coming in that could cover my bills and allow me to do the things that I needed to. Um, and it wasn't tied to a certain location either. I wanted to have some freedom in where I could be and where I could do my work. Um, so that if I was to travel across the world, I could still work um, and still make a living and I could be someplace else. So I had very specific criteria for what I was going to do. And I still have that criteria and I still make sure that, you know, I try to have some balance. And more than anything, if I decide I'm not working today, I let everyone know I'm not working today and I'm, I'm not working. Like if today's a low energy day and I feel it, then I know that today's not going to be a day where I can really give my full self to people. And so I can just reschedule my meetings and, and, you know, take the day off. I um, love that. That is like intentional building life freedom, which I think is what we all want even more than the millions and millions of dollars. Because if you talk to people who get those millions and millions of dollars and you yourself had a multi-million dollar business, when you get those, that those meaning the dollars, it, it, it's, that's not what it's about, you know? And I love that you were able to pivot into the truth of your gift and create a life that you actually want to be living. I just think that is phenomenal through intention through self-care and balance and time freedom and putting yourself first. It sounds like, you know, if you're having a low energy day, you come first and that's okay because everything else will take care of itself. I just love that. I, your story is so encouraging to me, inspirational, um, and yet really practical and implementable. I think for someone who wants to replicate it, I just think it's so phenomenal where you were, where you went and who you are. I just, I love it. I love everything about it. Um, so if you really wanted to highlight a couple things that you want the audience to really walk away from our conversation, remembering, what would those be? Um, I'd have to say really defining what success looks like. Um, I think, you know, as an example, uh, I have a friend who has been working a job for a really long time, kind of in the same industry and thinks that the magic number for him is to make six figures. And he's like, once I get to six figures, I'm going to be happy because then I'll have the money that I need to do things. And I, I have to say, sometimes I'm like, just because you're working a job and you're making six figures, doesn't mean that it doesn't come with a lot of additional responsibilities. And that would make you very unhappy. So it's like the opposite of what you, what you really believe. Um, so really coming up with a sense of what success really means. It's not necessarily money. There's clearly something underlying that money 
um, or the need for that money that you're trying to get, you're trying to master, you're trying to capture? Does it buy you more freedom? Does it pay for your child's education? Like what, what is it? Um, and then trying to figure out how you can find the resources in order for you to get the thing that you want um, and, and really thinking about what that looks like. And what, what happened for me was once I figured out what success looked like, it became my compass and things didn't fit into my life the same way that it did before. Some things I couldn't do because it didn't fit into the picture of what that new success vision looked like for me. So it really helps to define the path that you're going to be on and what you really want to be able to do. Um, and you know, if you want to spend more time with your family, then getting a higher paying job is going to do the opposite of that, right? So really just trying to figure out what, what's that success? What does that success really look like? And then after that, you know, I think taking some time to slow down is so essential. And it was so essential for me during my um, time of really self-discovery. I think we're all moving so fast um, and we have this very fast paced uh, life that we create. Um, and, you know, when we have jobs and responsibilities, we're running from here to there, we're doing all these things. We need to really take some time to reflect and really think about what's important in life. And I think sometimes we have those moments at very bad times um, in our lives, but not when we really need to be thinking about it, um, which is more often and all the time. Um, so now I do a weekly reflection every week. I think about what did I accomplish this week? What things can I do better next week? What things am I absolutely never going to do again? Um, you know, what skills do I need to continue to grow in these ways? Um, what support system do I have that can help feed me? And if I let them know what I need and who do I have around me that I can learn something from? There's so many valuable lessons that you can take away from the people that are right in your circle. And I think we don't really tap into that resource enough. So yeah, I, I'd say those are very challenging things, but definitely very important things that I've learned on my journey. Those are so good. I mean, even if we just took those, you know, last few minutes of what you said and, and, and really reflected and deep dove on those, I mean, my gosh, what a transformation our lives would come into, right, listeners? That was so good. So, Rihanna, if my listeners are like, I am so resonating with this woman, she is the bomb, she is like, she is for real, for real, how do I get connect with her? How do I get in contact with her? How can people find you? Where can they connect with you if they want more? Yeah, so I'm on all the social medias. You can find me. I am um, at Rihanna M. Campbell. Um, so on Instagram, on Facebook. I'm mostly on Instagram and Facebook. Um, forgive me if my Instagram is not as up to par as you would expect, but... We are um, unapologetically ourselves on the successful diligence community. So it's all good. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. But yes, connect with me there. Send me a DM. I will respond. I'm on there um, trying to do better. Um, so yeah, you can connect with me that way. That's usually the best way to reach me. And listeners, you know, I hook you up. Click the link in the show notes to connect with Rihanna. Her website, her uh, social will, will be there. And um 
Oh, I'm so like, I'm sitting here marinating on so much of what you said, because just for me in the season of life that I'm in right now, as, as of the recording of this show, there's a lot of wisdom nuggets that you taught, that you, that you mentioned and that you talked about that are really worth a deep dive. And I think will really, um, produce transformation that will be beneficial, not just for me, but for other people. And I just, I love that because your perspective on the pivots in life and how, and what, what is success and, you know, reaching success. And when you get there, what does that even mean? And, you know, like you were talking about with your friend, it's not about the six figures. If you don't need six figures, if that's not really what the root of the tree that you're trying to plant is, and what kind of tree do you want your life to really be? I just love that. Oh, Rihanna, I wish we had like all day because we could talk forever, (laughs) but this has been phenomenal. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And, you know, we've had to reschedule behind the scenes listeners. So um, I really appreciate your flexibility and your um, patience. And I'm just so, so grateful that we were able to have this conversation. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I do hope that everything I said today um, can help somebody. That's really important to me. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, I am 100% sure that one of the listeners, if not just for me, (laughs) and I am so grateful, so grateful. Well, listeners, I know this has been another value added conversation. If you missed some of the wisdom nuggets, just hit that rewind button and you can listen again. This was so good. And as I always say, keep walking, always, always keep walking, never stop walking. Because if you continue to walk, you will reach your destiny. You will reach your destination. And on the journey, I always encourage you to always, always choose gratitude. As you know, every single episode, I end with my encouragement for you to choose gratitude on your journey as you keep walking. But have you ever asked yourself, that's great, Michelle, but how do I do that? How do I implement gratitude? How do I choose gratitude? It's not easy living this life. And sometimes I don't feel very grateful. How do I incorporate gratitude into my daily life? Well, I've got you covered. Just for you, I have a gateway to gratitude mini course in the Successful Diligence School. There is a link in the show notes as well as a coupon code just for podcast listeners where you get 50% off. So head to the link in the show notes or SuccessfulDiligence.com and click the school tab on the website. It will take you to the school and you can see the Gateway to Gratitude course, which walks you through how to implement gratitude into your daily life. Trust me, gratitude and gratefulness when implemented effectively will change your life. Thank <music> you.